0: Nikki Moffat. How are you? I'm
1: fine. Thank you, Kirsty Rice. How are you? Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas, post-Christmas week. It's the yes. dead week between Christmas and New Year.
0: It is that dead week, you know, where everybody says, festive 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 up until about the 25th and then somewhere between the 26th and the 31st you really don't know what day it is or what week it is or how many sleeps it is until new year's eve you're just really eating lots of cheese on the couch and leftovers and (laughs) rolling through although With Nikki, you in lockdown, I imagine it's more of the same?
1: Yeah, more of the same, same old, same old. We, uh, of course, Germany doesn't open any shops at all on uh, public holidays or Sundays. So we've, on our third and a half day, of no shops open. So uh yeah, today wow. we'll be out of milk and we'll be out of all the things and we'll have to go down to the supermarket. But it is pretty quiet time. And I mean Christmas day was a beautiful sunny day and a lovely day for a walk and every day since it's been a little bit rainy and drizzly and I've been very happy to watch it from inside.
0: <laughs> so you had the four of you Christmas day did you do the big lunch or the big dinner? Or both?
1: Well, the thing about Christmas Day for us is depending where you live in the world, you, Kirsty, you would know this, and where you are in the world on that day, it depends where your family are because all the calls you have to make and all the people you have to speak to mm. are at different times of day. So sometimes it might be in the night and sometimes it might be in the morning and that kind of affects the meal that you have in a way. Yes. So we, we kind of do something we call like to call it linna which is sort of a late lunch, early dinner. So you get up um, and then you just have to, so there's no more meals. You don't have to think about any other meals. You just like you've eaten. Although my son did say to me as I was going to bed on Christmas night, uh, no dinner. And I said, yeah, no dinner, there's leftovers in the fridge. But yeah, so we spent a lot of Christmas morning hour time doing calls to Australia. I'm so over video calls and FaceTime. So we did mainly just voice calls because so much nicer when you yourself were in sort of the three to 8pm part of the day and you're all dressed up and clothes on makeup on of course in Australia everyone has been able to most for the most part been able to spend the day with other people and other family members so we the, with lots of people and we were just here by ourselves and hadn't showered just got up hadn't brushed our hair etc so we were all for the audio calling big fans yes, of that I'm so we, we did that for from about 8am eight, a, 8 a. our time, because our kids didn't wake up till 10. So my husband and I did some calls ourselves. And then we did some more calls with everybody. And uh, yeah, it was about 12 o'clock when we ran out of call time to Australia. And it's quite late then, it's 10 o'clock at night. And then we sort of just went on to our linen preparation. And so sort of just had a very casually relaxed uh, late lunch, about
0: 2.30, I think. Nice. very nice what about you guys we did uh same thing uh teenagers 14 and up so no one was out of bed before 10 o'clock i had written myself a little sheet of what had to be done <laughs> do you know like which bits had to be in the oven by which times and what time the salad would need to start being cut up, etc etc boring look I'm going to, I'm going to be brutally honest here without being too much of a Debbie Downer. It is really, really hard when you are missing someone so soon. Do you know, like I, I just really felt for my mum because I was thinking, you know, my father died on November the 30th and I just thought this is such a big ass to expect someone to front up and be Christmas full of Christmas cheer do you know because it's hard because you're you're in full on grieving do you know I think those first two weeks after a death you're kind of really in shock and then you head into that full mode and I have to say I do a lot of my crying in the shower Nikki and I I know a lot Mm. of um people when you talk about grief and I really have taken this down a different turn haven't I but we're keeping it real but Everybody has different things. My mum says that she finds she's on the loo and she bursts into tears. She doesn't know why it's the loo. I find I'm in the shower. And I really did. It took me a long time to get out of the shower on Christmas morning because yeah. Anyway, you just it was it was a bit tough. So that bit was a bit tough. Um just pull myself together. And so it was Everyone said, and I know like everyone kind of looked at me with those knowing eyes and said it was a lovely Christmas and it was a lovely Christmas in that we had uh, my eldest daughter's new boyfriend there and I think having someone new at the table when you're missing someone um, who's quite substantial, it's good. It's good. It's not at all a replacement.
1: What it is is a distraction. So it's here's someone we don't really know. So let's find out about them. Let's use this time to really give this person a good going over, just a good understanding about them and where they're from, because that can distract us from thinking about the things that will make us sad or talking about things that will make us sad. So, and if we talk about you know, if you talk about your dad, then you do it in a happy way because, you know, yes. you're, you're almost performing yes. for the person at the table.
0: <laughs> now, one thing we did do, Nikki, that I absolutely loved, I thoroughly <laughs> recommend if uh, go do this, anyone who's listening, get it planned for next year. Auntie Susie had sent us a game last year that we didn't crack on to early enough in the day to make it work. And we all had it in our minds, we're going to play the game that only Susie sent us last year. So there were these coasters that you put on the table, like under your drink, and underneath your coaster, it had your mission for for the lunch of what you had to do. And everybody had a different mission, and you had to try and do your mission without anyone else knowing that you'd done it. And if they had an inkling that you were up to a mission, you would say... That's part of your mission, isn't it? And they were out. So some of the different ideas were I had to eat something off of everybody's plate that was there. That was my mission. So I had to just <laughs> take something off of everyone's plate. That's quite a that's quite a good one for it someone like you who's the hostess.
1: Because you can just be just ducking by people's plates and oh, and especially because so many of the people guests are your children. So yeah. that's fine.
0: My my and the people who won this were the grandmas. They excelled at this game. So my my mum's mission was she had to use uh, three she had to correlate three animals and put them into a story about uh, within three different conversations and say why someone was like an animal and my sister had to take a photo of everybody's Food, and she got caught out because she took a photo of someone's food. They took a photo of someone else's food. She talked to about the fourth person was like, "Oh, Michelle, you're on a mission." um <laughs> But Grandma had to, if someone wished her a Merry Christmas, she had to roll her eyes and groan audibly. So so with grandma with my husband's mum so she was fine because we didn't start doing it till lunch and we said okay we start now there's a three o'clock cut off so greg does a toast and says you know how, how lovely it is we're all here blah 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 and a merry christmas yeah. to everyone to which grandma rolls her eyes and goes oh <laughs> But no one else caught it except for me. And I thought, what is your problem? Like, what, <laughs> what's wrong? Did you not hear what he said? Because she really did. Oh. Anyway, then a little bit later I got. And you didn't say that. No, I didn't say a thing. I didn't catch on. I don't know why I didn't catch on. Anyway, a little bit later my my mother said, because someone asked me, oh, hey kirsty have you have you completed your mission yet? And I said, "No, but you know the day is young, just give me time and my mother said, "Oh, you look like a a now what a really sly fox when you say it like that and I thought <laughs> that's not very nice." But I didn't catch on that it was her mission. She told my son that he was a wise owl because he told her something and then she told my other son he was as cheeky as a cheetah, and none of us caught on to it. So at the end of it, we got to 3 o'clock and everyone said, okay, who's completed their mission? And there was a substantial show of hands. Oh, I think, I can't remember if it was Lizzie had to, if someone asked her to pass something, to her to them can you pass me this um she had to pretend she couldn't hear them oh but so my daughter's new boyfriend he just said at the end look i'm sorry this i'm too early into this family to be able to complete this mission i'm not doing this because he had to he had to suggest several times hey let's take a family photo and always (laughs) always ask the same person to take it you know and like not be in it <laughs> he said I, he goes I just thought no i'm I'm too early in this relationship to do it but it was I have to say it was such a great game to we were all had such a giggle at the end of it when we found out what everyone's mission I was. I have never
1: heard of that I'm Susie yes I
0: wanted to send me
1: one Brilliant. or send me the name of it yeah let's put that in the show notes I
0: will put it in the show notes <laughs> and I thoroughly recommend it for a dinner where you know for us it was a little bit tricky this year we did have granny in tears halfway through the meal saying i'll be all right in a minute just give me a minute do you know because it is it was it was tough but we it was a lovely christmas we were all pretty exhausted at the end and really i was just thinking roll on boxing day you know to get back to a little bit of normality but anyway nikki we have digressed way too far as per usual and it's all my fault what we were going to do for this episode let's just do a little recap of the year because we thought it would be really interesting to see how the year unfolded in the two fat expats with our fatterati and what we were talking about like as the year went because we know that it was a little bit different for our global community so nikki january i cannot believe this but january 1 you and I were together here in Australia celebrating. You'd come to my Your home, birthday, my birthday, which is the thirty first, and I come, got to see the beach house. You yes, to the beach house because that was back in the time where we were all still getting on airplanes. Nikki, from memory, we did not have one COVID conversation on December the thirty first or January first. Uh, we didn't discuss anything like that at all. In fact, we were talking about things like how to make your long-distance relationship work without really realising that half of the fatterati were going to end up having to actually do that. And we talked about repatting expat kids. Um, but, yeah, that's where we were in, in January but there were that's when the first cases also happened, but they happened a little bit later. So what was it for Germany?
1: So in Germany, our first case was on january twenty seventh, and for for well, it was the end of January. So for January and then into February, it was all just contained in one part of Germany and lots of contact tracing. It was someone who flew from Shanghai and went to an auto factory plant and ran some workshops and then all the people and their families were infected but it was very well contained
0: so also in january we had someone from wuhan travel into australia i can't remember the date nikki but i know we talked about it it was it was earlier in the january than it was in germany And that was our first case. So of all the favourite things that we talked about in our January
1: podcast, Kirsty, there's a list here in front of us. What was your favourite thing from January?
0: Okay, so my favourite thing from January was years and years, which is also incredibly (laughs) ironic. (laughs) Because Years and Years, of course, was the Doomsday series that we watched, which was absolutely brilliant with Emma Thompson playing a kind of very Trump-like character and, you know, it it started so cheerfully and ended with such global (laughs) devastation. (laughs) And. could they really
1: make a season two? Like I don't even see where they have to go now with season two for years and years because it, they tried to do a post-apocalyptic kind of world and I think we're there. Like,
0: <laughs> So, Nikki, what about you? What was your favourite thing from January? Well, of the things we discussed in
1: January, I think Fleabag season two was right yes. up there for me. Yes. Um I think it's one of those shows where season two was a little bit better than season one for me, you know, the hot priest, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, Fleabag season two. Yes.
0: Okay. So let's roll on to February, Nikki. Uh what were you doing in February?
1: So, in February, I was encouraging my friends in uh, my expat friends here in Hamburg who were not living in Asia during SARS to buy toilet paper (laughs) because there's something about Australians and toilet paper. Toilet paper and and water stocks uh, was what went down in uh, Hong Kong during SARS. So, and my American friend who has four children said, That sounds weird, but I think I'm going to trust you on this one. And months later when the six of them were living in the house full time, she was very happy for that.
0: And so in the podcast in February, we started talking about expats in China and we were doing interviews with those who were in lockdown. And I think, Nikki, neither of us could envisage our own personal lockdown then. We were looking at the screens and seeing what was happening in China and we really wanted to sort of understand what that quarantine is. Now what's really interesting about that time is we spoke to Erica who did a fantastic recording for us and she explained um, her life and she talked with great calmness about Corona was in Beijing, but the numbers were small, that they were already quarantining, that schools had shut down, that they had random temperature checks everywhere they went and everyone was wearing masks and they had no plan to leave. Um, We also discussed um, how, and I think we were both kind of surprised by it, that there were people talking about moving their children home early for the summer. Um, I wonder, Nikki, Yeah. It, like <laughs> imagine imagine if you had done that, if you'd said, okay, you know what, I'm going to move my, I'm going to go back to Australia early for the summer, not that that would have ever been an option for you because you would never go home in June, July sort of person. But imagine if you had. <laughs> Well, yeah, gone
1: home at the end of February or March to do that. Yeah. It's it's strange, strange times. I mean, in February, I was still, I mean, we had a villa booked in Crete and uh, that my family from Australia were also coming to my sister-in-law and her family. And we were discussing you know, whether it was still going to be on or not, whether yeah. they'd still be able to come. My, my mother-in-law in February pulled out and said, you know, I don't think I sh- should be travelling and we all agreed with that uh, because she's, uh, um, you know, in the over 70 risk group. And But my sister-in-law still thought she was coming and I was thinking she might be a little bit, Um, optimistic but I didn't really know I remember that you in February you were so sick of me posting on my insta stories about the cruise ship with 600 and something cases and I was like (laughs) Germany is going to overtake the cruise ship at some stage you're like I'm so sick of this cruise ship Nikki you've got to get your head out of the coronavirus it wasn't
0: just the cruise ship you were you were posting daily the numbers in all the countries and I think you had an idea in your mind. You wanted you there was a number you wanted to reach. You were trying to get the American the numbers. Number. Yeah, I can't remember, but it was like, why do you keep posting this every single day? This is not chirpy um, you know, happy <laughs> posting here. This is this is very very sad. <laughs> um now, in what we were watching and what we were interested in, um I was loving Australian Survivor All Stars, which is also ironic because one of the people in All Stars that I was watching is a teacher at the school where my sons go. And so my my son and I were watching in Qatar, um, thinking, "Wow, isn't this great?" With no knowledge that my son, my youngest son, was. Uh, going to then next month have to move back to Australia in his own uh, Australian Survivor All-Star <laughs> episode um, and that that teacher is now at the school that he now goes to and he had no intention of going to. Uh, what were you watching and loving of our suggestions in February?
1: what I watched and loved was it was that February is the last time I went to the movie theater Mm. and I went to the movie theater to watch little women. Gosh. And so for me, that remains very, it's a very clear memory. I went, there weren't many people there. We were all very socially distanced before social distance was a term. Everyone was just very aware of where they were sitting and being near people or not being near people, and that's the last time I went to a movie. I did quite enjoy it, but but I, but it's just very year to me that February that's a long time I mean I'm in Germany there's not a lot of English language movies here I don't go a lot but that's just a very clear memory to me going to that movie by myself
0: crazy time okay so we get to March and in March we were talking about how we explain gaps in our resumes what our expat superpowers were um Oh, that's right. Uh, there was that shocking article about a British woman really having a mental health crisis oh, in Dubai, yeah. and we talked about um, would we suggest an expat prenup, which was an interesting conversation. And I reckon that was the biggest conversation in the two fat expats group at the time, too, in the Facebook in the Facebook group um but sneakily there was one topic that snuck in there of uh if you were doing an in-home quarantine for 14 days what would you do to pass the time I think there'd (laughs) be plenty of articles about that now (laughs) yeah we were ahead of our time Kirsty yep ahead of
1: our time yeah we also talked about how do you take care of your mental and physical health and well-being while being an expat and I think while this was a big year for that topic I think it's remains a topic regardless you know that there are so many important things to take care of when you're younger as well as when you're older one thing that I know I do and I know a lot of other people I've spoken to do the same thing when you move somewhere you get all, all the doctors for your kids that you need if you have kids or you know you're organizing things for other people and often the primary carer of the expat family can leave their own health behind not behind but just doesn't go through the same process and so then then all of a sudden they're moving countries in six months and so it's not worth worth starting anything now health-wise why would I go to that doctor I'll just go in the next country etc so I think that that's really important for people to always think about that um, of course having something physically to do having a routine. Uh, doing something is also important and obviously mental health has had a huge focus this year but it, it can't have enough focus really for me so I just think that that although we talked about it in March and it was topical at the time I think it remains topical
0: yes Nikki, we also talked about what we were liking and suggesting uh, to watch. Um, I was into Stateless, which was uh, the ABC production with Kate Blanchett in it about. Uh, refugees and what happens to those on boats who make their way into Australia. What were you, what was your favourite thing from March?
1: Well, my favourite thing from March was the Catch and Kill podcast from Ronan Farrow. And that was a, a accompaniment piece or a post piece to his book. So I'd read the book and then listening to the podcast, I think really gave it an extra you know, it's a really well-done podcast. You, you sort of think if you read a book, do I have to listen to the podcast? But I think you could do it with or without the book. I just really enjoyed it. That was my favourite podcast from March.
0: And in April, I'm interested with my a little bit of self-reflection on this one, is I asked you the question of could you think of any other time where we'd felt so globally connected and where I was coming from with this question was back in April in Australia, we were all heading into a lockdown, COVID, you know, the borders were shutting down, uh, we were all working from home and it was a similar thing happening all over the world. We were all experiencing COVID together. Now, I think what's happened since April is, is now we're into stage two of each country is having its very, very unique and different COVID experience depending on what's happening, like A, what the weather's like, what uh, whether that country is um, an island or whether they're connected by borders of other countries that have high cases. We are so not globally connected i feel now in that it's all so very different on where you are and what your experience is it was also our biggest time uh, for podcast listens and where we had the most people in our group interacting and our most popular podcast was sort of all about uh, how will the expat life change when this is all over um And I guess, weirdly, we probably (laughs) optimistic had (laughs) ideas that it was going to be all over. Nikki, how do you feel? Am I being overly dramatic, saying that we're not globally connected by this now?
1: Uh, No, I don't, I don't think you are. I think we, it's been a year of waves. So everyone was in it together. So we were all in it together in the beginning. You know, we watched it, we watched the maps, we watched the other people were interested in the statistics, Kirsty, even if you weren't. (laughs) But we watched (laughs) it kind of spread out all over the world. And we were all in it together. We all went through our first lot of lockdowns. We all went through the This is Zoom. Oh, look, we've all got Zoom accounts now that we didn't have before. We're all, you know, all these things that we didn't do before, we do now. And we were in it together. We were. And then, as you said, people went through different stages. And that's great because some countries, unfortunately, suffered really badly and some countries didn't suffer much at all, but they made very serious decisions like Australia. In terms of restricting entry and exit to the country. But it allowed people in Australia to have a I mean, it allowed you guys to have an amazing Christmas, to travel pretty much apart from, apart from a small part of New South Wales, most people to be able to travel pretty much where they wanted to at Christmas, spend Christmas with a number of people that wasn't counted. Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't have to work out how many people were over 14 and under 14 and how many were directly related to you and not directly related to you, which is, was the rules in Germany. They're just, you know, we're just in such different places now. And I was talking to my sister-in-law just before Christmas and she said, you know, I get it that I don't really understand what you're going through. Mm. I don't really, yep. I don't know how it is for you. And on Christmas day, I speak to my cousin and she said, you know, how's it going? And I really, I teared up and I was like, you know, I'm not loving this. No, this third uh, time." And she said, yeah, you know, I feel really sorry for you. And, and I know that she does, but I also know that she has no idea. Like yep. she just really doesn't understand and, you know, like we didn't understand when parts of Australia went through a very serious lockdown. So it's just, it's really, and of course, Kersa, you did your three days. Yes, that's, yes. That's but, <laughs> yeah. but but I, I think like in the beginning, we we're all there, like we we're riding this wave, yeah. And then the wave crashed and went against the beach, and then sort of just been buffeting the shore backwards and forwards. And we're all on different parts of it now. And I think the world is globally connected. There have been amazing technology solutions that have come out of this. But I think we're not connected in the way that you were talking about like the the feeling of connection yes. we're not all in it together in the same way mm-hmm. I think and I think that's a little bit sad. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I know. Um, And Nikki, I keep trying to sort of push you through this podcast because for those that can't see you, they would see that you are not yourself. And before when you were talking about mental health, I was like, yeah, we're going to just keep going because we're going to keep Nikki smiling through this. We're going to get through. But, yeah, you are in the longest, darkest, deepest uh, process. Uh, That's all I can call it of what it is. And, it, yeah, and it's awful, but we will kick on. Okay. Uh, Nikki, and that's why I think my favourite things for that month, if we
1: have a look at April, were the very reassuring voices of my favourite BBC podcast, fortunately, with Fee and Jane. Yes. Because it's, they, they don't, and to be totally honest, they have gone through this whole period, and then the UK is really suffering now. Um, they have gone through this whole period and not really spend a lot of time talking about it yeah it's really hard to do that Mm. it's really hard to do that Mm. because it's part of everybody's everyday life but they somehow
0: have been able to really just is that the thing where you you have to make a decision either either we're gonna it's all we're going all in or we're not at all and we're just going to keep the people happy and we're going to try and give the people some normality try and you know, help our listeners go through this. They've they've had enough corona, that's not what we're here for, I wonder.
1: It's certainly something we discussed when we talked about it, when we said, well, we won't, don't want too much corona in the Facebook group. You yes. know, we don't want it to get... You know, expat yeah. life's not all about corona. Oh, yes, it is. But actually, <laughs> as it turns out, <laughs> expat life is all about corona because we don't have... We can't do that. We can't talk every week or however often we talk. And say we're talking about living the best expat life and not include corona because if you're an expat, it impacts you in some way. And so I think that, you know, it would be wrong for us to have done that, but I think... It's great and it takes very certain skill to be able to do that as well.
0: So just quickly, my favourite one from April was Unorthodox, uh, which was on mm. Netflix, which was uh, the um, series about um, the Jewish, ortho- Orthodox Jewish woman who escaped, I guess, to uh, Germany and, um, I want to give a bit of a mention to Rabbit Hole and Afterlife as yeah. well because I absolutely, Rabbit hole for me too. yeah, Rabbit yeah. Hole was superb. Okay, that takes us to May where we talked about what would one wear to an online graduation ceremony. So that was when my beautiful youngest son was still just hanging on by thread to his old life in Qatar. Even though he was back here in Australia, he did um you know, get through his, finished his year of school and um, graduated uh, at um, his school in Doha, which seems like a million years ago, Nikki, with everything that he's been through this year and what he's had to do. Um, What about you? What were you talking about?
1: Yeah, so I, I, one thing that made me giggle from May was that, We talked about what you've ticked off on your COVID 19 bingo list, you know, the (laughs) sourdough stuff and everything. And I think that's, wow, that's super early to have gone with that question for the year. Uh, I think for me, for May, we talked about leaving rituals and how you've left places before and how do you leave during COVID because it's a totally different scenario. And, you know, we've talked before, you and I, maybe not on the podcast, about how it has been very different for your son who left not knowing he wasn't going to go back necessarily and how yeah. he didn't do anything any real leaving things because you didn't know you were like okay let's pack up we're going on friday yeah. you know it wasn't it wasn't a yeah. you know let's have a party or let's have your friends round or let's you know whatever before we go we, you just left and so i think that those things are still really important and they're worth talking about Covid or not Covid, because you can, you know, we've been, th- everyone's been through it or knows someone this year who's left in a difficult situation and, and sort of the repercussions that that's had.
0: And you know, we we left in that March uh, just in such a mad rush, as you know, and you know, my husband had had the the test results that day. But but my son and I left and I can remember we had our our sterilized, you know, hand wipes and we had the sanitizer. No mask because no one was wearing yeah. a mask or anything. But I remember when we arrived in Australia, they were asking people where they'd been and, and people were saying, Oh, it's okay. Um I was in Italy but I didn't go north or I didn't go wherever. Um and and, and that was enough you know that was enough to get them in everyone went oh okay on you go but I remember pulling out some wipes to wipe down my luggage and and someone said to me oh that's a bit over the top do you know they just thought it was a little (laughs) bit uh you know I think it was about a week later that the Qantas baggage people all got corona (laughs) but it was such a strange time Nikki I look back then I flew knowing that that um greg had been diagnosed knowing that he had bowel cancer but not being able to tell my youngest son because we wanted to all get back together and i just remember sitting on the plane and every conversation i had with him and everything we did felt like a big fat lie do you know because i had this awful awful secret that I couldn't tell him and it's all amongst this wiping down the tray tables and and you know go wash your hands and do whatever just the strangest strangest year this has been okay my favorite thing that I watched in May and you're gonna love this Nikki but it was the Four Corners Outbreak on Board which was all about the Ruby (laughs) Princess the very cruise ship that you were you were tracking the numbers for but I did I thought that was really interesting they went back and they talked to people that were on the Ruby Princess and exactly what the information was that they got and and people getting sick and not being able to get on or off or then, then being able to get off and wander into the wilderness.
1: <laughs> My favourite thing for May was the Wind of Change podcast which ah. was the podcast about the CIA writing a pop song to bring about the end of the Soviet Union and bring down the wall and it was just unbelievable. And it it was just one of those podcasts where it just went to nowhere but it just really brought back a, a time of your life that, you know, it was really clear in my mind and, and looking at it from a different perspective. So I really enjoyed that podcast. I thought it was really well made. June, Kirsty, June. June was my birthday. I turned 50 in June. Uh Goodness, that seems like, I feel like I'm 58 now already, (laughs) but we're only
0: in December.
1: (laughs) So in June, some of the things we talked about on the podcast, my, I think the thing that Stuck out for me most, and my kids haven't always been in international schools, but I thought this is a really important conversation, and and it has continued over the course of the year in various groups, which I think is important. But are international schools as diverse as they appear? And we talked about the excellent article, which was called an open letter to the international school community: our role in the Black Lives Matter movement and anti-racism, which was of course brought on by external events. Um, in America at the time, but is a really important conversation to have in international schools. And we talked about our experiences of that to date mm. as middle age white women,
0: yeah. <laughs> as such as they are. <laughs> um, we also talked about if we'd been to an expat friend's funeral and how was their expat life celebrated. And I think oh, even more so, That's that's a terrible thought of all the funerals. I mean... I think that's the thing, Nikki. Maybe we weren't at that at that stage yet where we were thinking about all the funerals that people were going to miss. Um, you know, yeah. we we were so we were so into people weren't getting home for the summer, people weren't being able to move, people weren't being able to uh travel. Um but I think then, then you know, as life rolled on, we then realised all of the tragedies that people were going to miss. And, and, and I've seen it. The one that's really hit me this year um, is all the people that have missed getting back in time to see their parents um, because I have been yeah. here and there is, you know, it, it, I don't know the right term. It's not a guilt. I don't feel guilty that I got to when others didn't. But what I... What I really did relate to was that I saw just seeing how sick someone gets. I can't imagine doing that, as I've said before, on Skype or, or Zoom or whatever, and not being able to be there. But I just think that is that it would have to be one of the most painful things, wouldn't it? Mm. absolutely very difficult of my favorite
1: things in June obviously we were both doing 10k walks every day at the time so it feels like a whole other century uh and the favorite book that I read was Rodham by Curtis Sittenfeld which was the fictional history of Hillary Clinton so oh, Hillary Hillary Rodham Clinton yeah um, Uh, that was my favorite um, choice for the month because you really stole
0: my other favorite choice (laughs) which was Hadda Gatsby's Douglas oh just superb I could go and watch that again tonight actually I thought it was it it is one of those scenes you could watch again and again because it's so so clever amazingly clever in July we talked about where will you retire um and (laughs) it seems quite light What did you talk about?
1: Uh, Well, I had an issue with the school where I had to provide my children's immunisation records. So we talked about how have you kept your kids' immunisation records. And I think this is only going to become more important as we see that there's more immunisation on the the road ahead for us, perhaps, with vaccination, new vaccines appearing in the world. So... Yeah, I think that that's an important thing, and it's just one of those things that you always have to think about if you have children. You have to have a vaccination record, and each country has a different, not each country, but many countries have different vaccination schedules. And, you know, I'm sure you've done it, Kirsty. You travelled to a lot of countries when your children were small Mm -hmm. and going from one doctor to the other with the various pieces of paper and saying, Am I late? You Mm -hmm. know, does my child have to have an extra shot or any of that kind of stuff? So, I had one child
0: who I remember he had his two month, his four month, and his six month immunizations all in three different countries because he had the two month where he was born, he had the four month where he'd gone for Christmas with my parents, he was back in Australia, and by the six month we'd moved on to the next country. It was like, this is nuts. So, Nikki, our favourite thing that we were watching, I love this, mine was round seven, Port Adelaide versus Carlton, and what <laughs> happened in the final moment, which was Robbie Gray kicked a magic goal after the siren, and it brought me so much joy. <laughs> and it still brings me joy if I if I'm if I'm having a rough time I will just have a little wee look at that again those last five minutes just to remind (laughs) myself how happy we all were I still have uh, that photo of him after it football gives me great joy Nikki which you know I don't need to talk about I do know and I'm very glad I'm very (laughs) glad
1: that 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 does give you joy because that means every year you've always got something to look forward to. Uh, so my favourite thing for the month was – not Untamed, which we did talk about in July, which was one of the biggest books of the year, but uh, Exciting Times with Nisha Dolan. And that's the book that was meant to be a little bit like normal people Uh, about an expat living, uh, an Irish girl going to Hong Kong and having a bizarre relationship. And from her point of view, very uh, millennial, post-millennial, very Gen Z maybe or late millennial. I can't remember. Anyway, it was a very interesting book and I really enjoyed it. That's my favourite for that month. August.
0: We august August we moved and we were talking about top tips on talking to teens about moving. Uh, I feel that may have been pushed by you, Nikki. I wonder how you're going with those <laughs> those tips on talking to your teen about moving um, and I'm still moving through the uh, top tips for when you haven't had any talking about moving and it's just been thrust <laughs> on you. We are getting there, but I loved the conversation we had about what would you be doing now if you were a man i thought that was it was something that you had uh, brought to the conversation from a podcast you'd been listening to and uh i just it was something i'd i guess i'd probably thought about but never really thought about um so i, I really enjoyed that conversation i want to say Kirsty, you
1: in know, august one of your favorite things was Quibby. yes Quibi's gone, baby. It's gone. The company's gone. The whole thing is gone. All the content's gone, which to me is crazy, right? Because you would think in the pandemic world when we people weren't really listening to podcasts, they weren't watching a lot of TV that Quibi would be perfect, but it did not survive. So that, yeah, <laughs> just to yeah. just to mention that. So what my favorite thing for that for August was at August, we we're coming out of summer like the end of August, we're in summer. We had a really small, lovely trip, very socially isolated trip to a a part of Denmark. So I was obviously in a lovely mood. I was feeling much better about the world, much more vitamin D in my life. A podcast called Nice White Parents. It's an amazing podcast um, done by the, I want to say the New York Times. I'm going to have to look that up. No, I think it is the New York Times and really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it made you feel every minute and moment and centimeter of your privilege but I thought it was a really really well done podcast
0: uh and my favorite thing at the time was the resilience project which is still here by the side of my bed Hugh van Salenberg. and I think that just shows the year I I think in that particular time and I guess for me and and this is so much on the weather Nikki I was still in the darkness of winter we were still you know sort of trying to be very careful. And I I started just searching for anything that was going to keep me going, I guess. Um, when I look at that, time I look at all the things I was looking for. I was obviously really searching for those things because not only was I looking at the resilience project, I was looking at the authenticity project, and I was looking at a confidence master class with Ben Crow. So I was really searching for someone to just keep me keep on going. Do you know? It had all got a bit too much at that stage with the chemo, the radio, the father that really wasn't going to make it and it was all very clear and it was still very bloody cold. (laughs) (laughs) Still
1: cold. September, I hope the weather was improving in uh, South Australia, Kirsty. So we talked about why it is so hard (laughs) to communicate through a mask in another language, which is... Still true to this day. And my German, because I have been interacting less, my German is far worse than it has been uh, for a long time. We had a very interesting conversation with the delivery guy last night. my husband's standing at the door he's standing with his my husband didn't have a mask on because he was inside our front door the guy outside had the mask on and my husband's like yep yep i was like he doesn't understand anything he's saying i'm gonna go and try and help so anyway we fixed it but anyway so the other thing that we talked about in september was does being an expat stop you from being your authentic self and we did talk about that. And I think, you know, I still think it's a really valid question. And maybe my choosing these questions and, and these favourites from the year are a reflection of my current mental state, which I, obviously it is. But uh, I don't know, I just think it's really it's a really good question. And do you know what? I think it's something worth considering. Do you know what
0: I love, Nikki? Is my favorite question from the month before was one of your questions. And that one about the yeah. authentic <laughs> self was one of my questions. So I do like that we do enjoy each other's questions for those, for those that wonder how it all works. Because yeah, I love that that was one of your favorite questions because yeah, I do agree. I think it does. It is an interesting thing about whether it, it create, I, I know that it, it gives us the opportunity to become uh, to live bigger lives being an expat but yeah but does it also stop us in some way you know and and the longer i'm here in australia and uh the more i see old bits of my humor sort of coming back in yeah. and old bits of my language and watching my children and seeing their humor change and 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 see it to them I mean their authentic self is it really their expat self because they've been yeah you know that yeah I think it's an interesting one uh what were we loving I was loving I hate Susie uh which I think you've just found haven't you
1: oh I have I just found it on my my new favorite thing that I'll talk about when we do a podcast in the new year, Excellent. but yeah, I watched it this week and it's so fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Uh, my favorite thing for the of the favorite things for September was Pivot, the podcast with Kara Swisher, which I just love. Kara Swisher, she is like my new god. I kind of all listened to her on the rem- from time to time before, but now there's two podcasts she has I listen to religiously when they drop. They're the first ones I'd press play on. So really enjoying that. So that was, yeah, Pivot. And she does another one now for the New York Times called Sway where she just does one-on-one interviews. But, yes, that was my favourite thing for the month.
0: Now, in October, Nikki, we talked about covid related social media disagreements and this was your topic and you had said just why was your question because you had got into a disagreement with a good friend yeah and i
1: got into another fight not long after that for the same reason in fact one of my friends messaged me on whatsapp and said it was in a Facebook group group with someone i didn't know one of my friends said you should step away now i was like what do you mean i should step away here i am on my keyboard telling this guy he doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, and it wasn't to do even with COVID. It was to do with women. Anyway. So I love it when whatever. men teach us about women. That's a, the mansplaining was very good. Anyway, so what was our favourite things that we were doing in October? So my favourite thing was Borgen on Netflix, which... I still think is a really, really amazing. And now I've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole of Scandi uh, TV mm. situations, so there's much more to talk about with Scandi TV. And the other thing that I will give a mention for is in October, we did our hashtag Sing for Grace. My friend and her daughter passed away, and but we were we were trying to get um, Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga to give her a shout out, and along the way we just felt so much internet love and uh, so many amazing people contributed, regular people, people that couldn't sing did it, people link-s- lip-synced and we had a, lo- a bevy of what you would consider famous and important people from around the world contribute and we did have Lady Gaga send a message. So that was definitely a highlight of the year and it was a highlight of Grace when she was still with us. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd add that in wow. for October.
0: Yeah, and you know, Nikki, has- I did. I did see that when I was scrolling through the months, and yeah, I, I that would have been a tough Christmas, I think, for Grace's family as well, wouldn't it? Yes.
1: Um,
0: I still. Um, I'm going to pick my favourite thing was Kitty Flanagan educating your kids on sex and porn. I thought it was a great little clip. I think now that I've um, listened to the last days of August and. Um, been into I guess just recently listened to more things about the porn industry I still I just really think we need to talk to our kids more about porn and the unrealistic nature of it I see it creeping into the general conversation of younger people now of you know sending the selfies and how much you share And I keep hearing those advice, you know, advice from young people to other young people of whatever you do, you know, don't do porn or whatever you do, don't send that video or whatever you do. And I just think, I think that we really do need to continue to educate our kids on sex and porn.
1: Yeah, really important conversations. Mm -hmm. Do agree. Okay. With that. November. November was the US election. Wow. (laughs) That was crazy. (laughs) Crazy times. That was November. That's a, a month ago. Uh, so I the thing that struck me in our November comments or discussion was, are you the Mandarin or the garlic? Yes. And if you've listened to the Mandarin and Garlic podcast, you would know that it's about a picture of a garlic and it's had a, gar- a clove taken out and the piece of Mandarin fits in nicely, like The garlic clove would but it doesn't look the same and it doesn't have quite the right exact fit so I think the mandarin and garlic still conversation can go on for years. No but what was the
0: phrase under it what did it what did it say under the mandarin and the garlic? So what it said underneath Kirsty
1: was not every place you fit in is where you belong yeah which important important to think about important to remember and A very big expat conversation as well.
0: Yes, because we can slot ourselves in and make ourselves sort of fit in the right spot, but we just don't quite look the same or feel the same or taste the same or have the same effect. I I reckon I I must have started listening to the Crown's official podcast. Is that really oh, I guess it is. It's only last month. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I did really enjoy watching the Crown um season three, but I th- thoroughly enjoyed the podcast as well i thought that was brilliant so at the beginning of november i re-watched season three with my mother who was new to the crown and then rolled on with season four but loved the official podcast um what did you love in november nikki
1: i don't seem to have anything in november Kirsty, that i've highlighted specifically because i was entirely consumed by the u.s election which did seem to go all month (laughs) and perhaps into a little bit into december as well but I did also enjoy uh, watching The Crown, and I did enjoy the Crown official podcast on your recommendation. So, so December. So we've made so, it, we've Nikki, made.
0: to December, um, which we are still just in. We've got a few days, and hopefully, by the time we get this out, it'll be December thirty, so we can um, maybe even be a little bit relevant for a couple of days. <laughs> but I loved the high low um this year and I particularly loved it when we got to December and as sad as the final episode made me, I just think it reiterated how great that show is and was. And, yeah, that would be my December.
1: Yeah, my December pick would be Canary because it was a total surprise. It was from much earlier in the year, but it's when I listened to the best of podcasts of 2020 from somebody else that I thought, I haven't heard about that. And I went back and listened to it and I was – really really glad that i got to hear and I it i have that it didn't since past
0: me. i have since listened to it nikki i know it was only last week you mentioned it but also and you really did do a good sell job because my sister my it. sister listened to it as well she said oh I've, I've gone off to listen to that podcast nikki was mentioning and <laughs> so yes and i you're right i couldn't get over how much the common the woman who uh, was narrating and the, the journalist sounded like Amy Adams to me. She had a very, oh. and, and she had that American, what do they call it, where they have the vocal. Oh, the,
1: the, the, fry. Yeah. the fry, the
0: vocal she had a fry. a the vocal fry. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it because I was spending, you know, I, I guess every great podcast has that where you're thinking, where is this going to go? You know, who yeah. did he, didn't he, how is this going to end? Uh, you know, interestingly, just listening to John Ronson's uh, The Last Days of August, um, he does something in the middle of that podcast, which uh, this isn't going to kill it at all, where he says this is not i am not going to turn this into a murder mystery so i'm just telling you right now before we talk to this person that that is not where i'm taking this podcast and i thought that was really goes against everything that you hear in podcasts now where they they kind of want to draw you down that path of oh did you did you do something really dastardly here and they're going to uncover it yes Nikki, have we made it? I mean, I was going to talk to you about a few little facts about our Two Fat Expats group.
1: Oh, tell me. Tell me some so facts, Kirsty.
0: Our group started about three years ago. And before that, our page had started back in 2015 our very first podcast was February the 3rd 2015 but the two expats group didn't come along for for another couple of years I don't think it started until 2017 would that be about right I think that sounds yeah, right. Yeah, so yep. three years ago. Uh, we currently have 27,400 members and I think we started the year with about 15,000 members Um I'm saying I think because you and I are both not great at tracking you know these it. things. We're not really good on knowing. Now we've got this written down for next yes. year,
1: Kirsty, for our 2021 and review. And we have,
0: we have realised today that Facebook doesn't let us go back and tell us the the biggest conversations <laughs> of the month. They do if you have a page but not if you have a group. So um, oh, new Facebook sites. Yes. Uh, we have, if people are interested, we have roughly 800 posts per month in our Facebook group. And wow, yeah,
1: we're the hardest working unpaid people on the internet.
0: <laughs> and we still only have just you and I as admins at this point. And I think as of today, we've had something like 9,000 posts this year. Uh, in March, it was that our group went ballistic with posts it wasn't that our membership went um radically higher but it was that our engagement was higher i guess we all had those questions that we suddenly wanted to ask ask each other in march about you know cancelling trips and cancelling getting home or getting home asap to be specific our busiest day in the group was on the 16th of march which is pretty much when my life imploded as well nikki and probably about a month before your life imploded wasn't it yeah (laughs) Totally uh, when it comes to podcast subscribers, they're in the thousands, and we're nearly up to half a million downloads. But one of the things I thought was interesting, Nikki, was when I went back—I was went back to our Facebook page, and I was scrolling back because I was trying to look at when the Facebook page started. And I scrolled back to about episode eight, and I was thinking, "Oh, this is why we really had to change from page to from a page to a group because obviously the page." It's much harder for people to engage with because you've, you you know, the admin has to post something every time for people to engage with. You know, you couldn't have members just posting. But in Episode 8, we've talked, you know, we've posted the latest podcast, Sarah and I, and we had two comments uh, from listeners, the very first comment was from Nikki Moffat, and the second, the <laughs> second comment was from Miss Shardy. So we've stayed and we've stayed regular. <laughs> we've kept our core listener group. <laughs> yeah. So that was way back in the beginning, and now, of course, um, when we post, we have hundreds and hundreds of Faderati that we can see are uh, listening and downloading and um, engaging. engaging, which is wonderful. But next year we will be much better at recording month by month because we we'll realise that we have to we have to do it. So yeah. yes, Nikki. <laughs> That's our year.
1: Now, one thing we do say before we wrap up and head off for the year is happy birthday to Kirsty Rice who celebrates her birthday on New Year's Eve every year. So every year, Kirsty gets to have a a celebration. There's always someone up for a party, always someone up to have a drink with Kirstie. So I think I was there last year and that was very, very fun and exciting to be at the house at Kirstie's birthday. Uh, no, it was a good time last year and I will think about that this New Year's Eve as I uh, sit in my apartment and there'll be there's a fireworks ban this year. So oh, we shouldn't be hearing fireworks on the street from 8 a.m. on New Year's Eve until about midday on on New Year's Day. But uh, so it might be a little bit less smoky and foggy out the window, but I'll be thinking of you and your party and raising a glass to
0: Kirsty Rice's birthday. Uh, uh, Thank you. If you had to do a projection and we had to fast forward to this time next year, I know. I know. But what do you reckon? What do you think when you think of this time next year?
1: I just I just don't know. I don't know. I'm not one of those people who says, let's slam the door on this year and look forward to the great new year because I just think life's not like that. It doesn't work that way. Um, I mean, we are going I won't be here or be in a different place, whatever country that is, it won't be Germany because my son finishes school. So I'll have a school graduate. I'll have we'll have left our life in Germany, should be in Copenhagen, maybe. I mean, even saying that sounds like it's Challenging, mm. great gods of the fates, and uh, so yeah. I mean, I can't, I cannot honestly. This year is going to be a huge transition year in our life, and I, I cannot imagine how it's all going to look. I, I can tell you a pretty story yes. <laughs> about being a lovely, full of. Uh, I can't even say the word. I have to learn how to say it before we move to Denmark. But this, the special word with the H Y G G E, and uh, f- full of that. And to be there and to just, you know, have had an amazing, cosy Christmas season, but honestly, to be true and fair, this would be, next year would be our year to be in Australia. So next year I would super love to be uh, in Australia for Christmas and Mm -hmm. having been there with family and friends and just being able to celebrate with those people, which would feel so much more special because of,
0: even though we didn't plan to go to Australia for this Christmas, it really feels
1: much more difficult not to yep, be there
0: absolutely when someone says you tells you you can't do something you automatically want to do it yeah and, <laughs> like yep, and when you've had a tough <laughs> year your inc- your first inclination is to get around those the ones that you love, um. So yeah, I completely understand. Yeah. Same, Nikki. I don't know. I have it in my head because I think if I wanted to, like you said, uh, tell a good story or a paint a pretty picture, I would say, you know, that you know we're all going to be vaccinated, and but even then, it changes nothing in Australia because they've said, um. it it doesn't stop you spreading it. So you'll still be quarantining. So for us, I'm kind of getting my head around the idea that I'm just may not see my husband all year because I will have a child in year 12 and a young son here who I I just cannot leave my children not knowing that I can't get back in. Um, and, and you know, another irony for us because, you know, the whole reason we chose to put our children in boarding school when they got to a certain age was we'd always said that our marriage was the most important thing and that we wanted to always show our children that our marriage was the most important thing, you know, that mum and dad were together and that we would all grow and develop and whatever. And here we are um, saying, well, mum and dad, are going to, you know, try and do this year as best we can and, um, you know, because I can't leave you. You know, it's just everything is topsy-turvy and around the wrong way. But I'd, I'm praying for a miracle like everyone else. Anyway, Nikki, we... Signing off for 2020. Yes. <laughs> signing off for 2020. We're going to find great things to read, watch, do, and get through in 2021. Nikki, the thing I am most proud about with this podcast this year is we made a decision that we would not stop for a summer break. That we thought that this year people needed us um, more than ever, which sounds really naff because I know no one needs <laughs> us, but we did think, well, if there were people out there where this podcast was part of their week, that we would continue that on, and we have. We only had the um, small hiccup in um, November, well, end of November, beginning of December, when I lost my dad, and I just couldn't do it. But I think we've, I think we've put in a very good effort, Nikki Moffat. Big year, big year, Kirsty Rice. Well done, yeah. us. <laughs> yes, and Nikki, I'm so proud of you because you have really had a hard slog, and it's been tough between. IB, third waves, new jobs, getting through it all, um, and you will get there, my friend. You will get there. We can only
1: hope. Mm. Thank you. From your mouth to <laughs> her ears. He <is>. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's all go.
0: Right. See Bye. you
1: next year. Bye. Bye. See you next year. Bye.